Hey guys, welcome to the podcast today. We'll be discussing on being fervent in the spirit, being fervent in the spirit. Our main text will be from Romans 12 verse 11 that says, "Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord." Being slothful there indicates being lazy, being idle, being inactive. Other versions say uh being um lagging in diligence being lagging in diligence that's what slothfulness means fervent in spirit indicates boiling with heat being hot and we know that that is what god desires of us even from the book of revelation where he was correcting several churches about being lukewarm so the context of that passage in Romans 12 is having a burning zeal to have that personal relationship with God that not only benefits you but empowers you to serve him and to serve others diligently so your source for serving other people and serving God comes from a burning zeal to have a personal relationship with him So if we emphasize serving diligently without having an active life in the spirit that is through word prayer and fellowship we will burn out rather quickly one thing that easily puts off our fire is serving god out of good intentions without staying in his presence and seeking his will this is a corporate kind of service and it's found in many churches today sadly remember Moses acted out of his good intentions when he received a calling from God but he was still in the house of Pharaoh and so out, out of his good intentions he thought that he could be a hero for Israel and go out and try to save an Israelite from an Egyptian and he ended up killing the Egyptian and in the eyes of the people that he thought he would be a hero he was a person whom they didn't want and so just acting out of good intentions without staying in the place of a constant relationship with God where we know his will and what he would like us to do it is in itself an enemy of our fire because we will act out of our own strength and we will burn out ourselves but at the same time we can be so super spiritual that we spend all the time praying and fasting without diligently serving an active spiritual life empowers us to be passionate in our service for God because we come from a place of feeling his burden and knowing his will <clears throat> we'll give some examples of some of the zealous or fervent men in scripture i'll just give two that is Jesus and John the Baptist Jesus we are told in in John chapter 2 16 to 17 <clears throat> that he was he was cleansing the temple and saying take these things away do not make my father's house a house of tread his disciples remember that he was written zeal for your house will consume me so where did Jesus get this zeal and a fire for the house of God and the source was an active relationship with God and fellowship with his disciples 
we're told that in Luke, in Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5, 15 to 16, gives us an inside look as to the private life of Jesus that produced his fire and his zeal. This is what it says. But now even more, the report about him went abroad and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities, but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Can you imagine that? That huge crowds were coming to Jesus and pressing on to him. His, his, the report of his ministry was spreading everywhere and, ev- and every man of person wanted to come and benefit from the ministry. But you see his response is that he quickly turns away and he goes, he withdraws to a desolate place to pray. How many ministries today would do that, friends? That when they see crowds coming and gathering in, in congregations, our, our immediate response will be, we want to serve. We want that corporate kind of serving. And that will make us to burn out. That will make us to serve out of our good intentions. But our first response would be that, what can we give to these people except what God has given us? And therefore we would withdraw to the place of prayer and fasting and seeking his will and fellowship. That we may be able to receive the grace and the fire to serve these people the way God would want us to. And such is an example of John the Baptist, who is our second example. Jesus describes him in John 5.35 as a burning and a shining lamp. And what was the source of John being a burning and a shining lamp? His source is revealed in John chapter 3, 27 to 29, where John's disciples come to him to press him that there is a ministry, the ministry of Jesus, that is a competition to his ministry. And John quickly dismisses them and tells them, you know what? I have already said it before that I am not the Christ. I have been sent before him. This is my role. I am the friend of the bridegroom. I am the one who stands and hears him. I rejoice greatly of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. John was so secure in the fact that his role was to stand and to hear the voice of the bridegroom. He wasn't struggling to be an evangelical voice or a prophetic voice or a voice of a particular denomination. He wanted to be the voice of the bridegroom. And that is why he's described to us as being the voice that cries out in the wilderness. So that was his source. His source was not a proactive kind of serving. Yes, that was there and we can see that he was fervent for God. But his main source was that he was a man who stood Can you imagine those inactive words? Standing and hearing. They sound so passive, but they are the things that fuel our fire. So, the source of our fire. Leviticus 6, 12 to 13, we are told that the fire on the altar shall keep burning and it shall not go out. The priest was supposed to burn wood every morning and arrange the burnt offering on it, you know, and that the fire would continually burn and God required that the fire would not go out. So as a son and a daughter of God, that is supposed to be our life because the Bible declares us to be the temples of the Holy Spirit, the place where he dwells, and the fire of the Lord is supposed to continually burn. We are called to be a priestly nation, you know, priests that make sure that the fire of the Lord 
continually burns in our hearts and in the church. So as a son and a daughter of God, we are required to be in a place of constant inspiration. Or else we will experience the death and the sin and the hopelessness of the world and it will make our fire to dim out. So I'll leave you with three things that can provoke your fire. Number one, an active life of studying the word and prayer and fellowship. A good example of this is Acts 2, 42 to 47. I will paraphrase that the secret of the early church, why it was fervent in spirit, is because they devoted themselves to the apostles, to the teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayers. And what was the result? All came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. What was another result? They served one another even with their wealth. It says they sold their possessions and belongings and distributed proceeds to all as they had need. Friends, is there a good description of a fire for God than that, that you're willing to serve him even with our material possessions that we are so jealous about? But you want to know the fire, the source of the fire of this church was an active place of prayer and devotion and fellowship. Yes, you can have an active relationship with God and that is encouraged. But from time to time, when life just has a way of sucking that fire out of us, and if you don't have, if you don't surround yourself with an environment of like-minded men and women that support you, that pray for you, that check up on you, and are, are able to push you and, and, and to assist you where you need assistance, your fire will burn out and so i want us also to note before we go to number two that too much passion burns itself let us not be overzealous because it brings an imbalance between service and our relationship with god that's what we talked when when we started and that that brings a burnout you burn out very quickly jesus mentions fire in the context of a lamp he never mentions it in the in the context of a wildfire or a bonfire. That means this is a disciplined fire that is well balanced and contains that assures that it will keep burning. So let us not be overzealous. Let us not be uh, too much passionate for one thing in the kingdom of God because we will leave other things. If we become too pa- too much passionate about service, we will forget about the important place of relationship with God and fellowship with others. And if we get so passionate about just prayer and fellowship, we start to think that that is an end to itself and we don't become diligent in service. And so make sure that you have a balanced life in the Lord, knowing that the source of our serving others, of serving our families well, of serving in ministry well, is prayer and devotion to God. That as we meet in fellowship, as we meet in church and and we pray and we gather and we worship God together, that as you seek God in your private space, that is supposed to empower you to go and serve your children well, to serve your husband, to serve your wife well, to serve in, in the corporate well, to serve in the place of your work well, to serve in the marketplace well. And so we are not just meant to be like church rats and then we say that now we are we are serving God, you know. 
it's supposed to empower us to go out there. Out there is the place of execution and and being with the Lord because we might end up being like I'm sorry to say but many charismatic movements that are just so stuck on just being spiritual and spiritual gifts that we are lacking in character and we are lacking in allowing the grace of God to change us in the in the outside environment and that is where the word is supposed to come alive number 2 let us be submitted to spiritual parenting that brings warning of sin godly direction and wisdom and also fatherly authority in our lives that means let us make discipleship to be more than just a program in church let it be the foundation of how we do church an example of this is the church of corinth that thought that they were so spiritual and so mature there's something about spiritual gifts that deceives us to think that we are mature in the spirit but thank god that they were submitted to the fatherhood of paul as an apostle and in second corinthians 7 verse 8 to 12 we learn that the result of first corinthians the, the result of that first letter to them produces seeds of repentance and now paul tells them that i know that you grieved and you sorrowed over your sin because of that first letter and now what is the fruit now you are eager to do what is right now you look at indignation you experienced over what happened and how alarmed you became what holy lo- longing it awakened what passion for god and how ready you are to bring justice to the offender so spiritual parenting and discipleship has a way to bring soberness to our lives to make us to see our blind spots to have people that can walk with us and give us correction and direction in many things that God would want for us in our lives so i do encourage you today would you be able to seek you know a person who is mature in the faith was preferably your church leaders that would be able to have a close relationship with you and you can seek them beyond just the Sunday service you know and you can have them to you know speak over the things in your life and give guidance and direction lastly let us be diligent and intentional while laboring in the lord laboring we are told by jesus that the time the time is ripe but the laborers are few the time is ripe but the laborers are few you know that word laboring in itself indicates that in the kingdom of god things are not to be taken in a lazy kind of way and that's what our main text was saying do not be do not be sluggish in diligence do not be lazy there's a kind of complacency that comes with modern christians and especially with the hyper grace message and and thinking that now we are in the new testament and everything is done for us no 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 we are told in ephesians 2 verse 8 to 10 that Yes by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it is the gift of God it is not a result of work so that any man should boast but we are his workmanship created in Christ for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them so yes our source is being forgiven freely and having faith in the grace of God you know and we trust the works of the cross but those works of the cross men they mend us they make us to be whole and they release us to go and serve and to be the workmanship of God. So friends, let us remember that there is a laboring in the kingdom of God. There is no better time to serve God in in that area of your calling. There's no better day to serve God than today.
it's today friends let us not wait for a sign let us not wait for a schedule to be free let us not give excuses the time to serve today the time to serve is today friends let us be diligent let us be intentional because that is what provokes our fire for god